Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to another episode of Body, uh, Potty Magic with Ryan Crowley. Cheers, Ray. Thank you very much for uh, coming on and having us uh, in, in your joint at the moment. How good? No, it's great to be here, G-Man. I've been waiting for the invite, actually. Man, well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's today. It's today. So uh, if anybody that doesn't know who Ryan Crowley is... The, you're very, you're iconic, mate. You're iconic around here. So, uh, played, yeah, infamous. <laughs> yes, played 196 uh, AFL games for Fremantle and a uh, little short stint at uh, Essendon there as well. Uh, 2012 Best and Fairest winner uh, and uh, a Fremantle Life member as well. Yeah, yeah, which, no, it's uh, it's pretty cool, mate. It's funny when people read out that sort of stuff. Um, so I always think of myself as a bit of a shit kicker, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when you played right on 200 games of AFL, it's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. Hang on, let's get this microphone oh, yeah, closer yeah, to you because I'd love to hear everything that you're saying. How's yeah. that? We've got the microphone held up by a carton of Coronas down here <laughs> on the microphone stand. Anybody who knows me won't, <laughs> won't find that fascinating. <laughs> so just a little quick fire uh, questions just to sort of get uh, get get you going. Um, who's your hardest opponent you've ever played on? Just quick ones. Go yeah, I reckon that's probably the biggest question I ever get answered. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's always the same answer, Gary Ablett. Yeah. Um, I played on him two times every year for 15 years, and it was always tough. Yeah. Um, but the the number one hardest in a single like little period was Chris Judd in that last couple of years at West Coast, definitely. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was almost unplayable. Was almost he? Unplayable. Yeah, right, insane. Yep. And um, uh, where'd you grow up? I uh, grew up in Victoria in a yep. place called Gisborne. Um, and you're yeah. liking it here in WA now, obviously? Well, clearly, I'm yeah. still here. Still lingering. Uh, yeah. Around. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I love WA and it's awesome. But yeah, grew up in um, Country Victoria and um, funnily enough, I play for Vic Metro. But uh, yeah, Country Victoria and yeah, yeah, I've loved it. I've been here for 17, well, it was 17 years when I retired, so it's 21 years now. So yeah, yeah. And uh, best teammate that you've played with? Best teammate. Um, I've got to ask this on the weekend as well, and I had to think about it, but um, probably Troy Cook. Troy Cook? Um, the Cook, yeah. I, the I reckon, Cookie Monster. <laughs> well, I reckon everybody I've heard uh, get asked this question always says Troy, and I thought about it as well, and I think it is Troy. It was what just that what one made of, him so good, though? Yeah, he was just one of those guys that... When you needed someone to, and I know I did get a lot of attention off the opposition team, and when I needed a bit of support, Troy was there without me asking any. Gotcha. Yeah, so he'd, he'd um, come and back you up in those little sticky spots that you might find unbelievable. yourself in. Yeah, 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 he was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, like the guys would be, you know, coming to get me at the centre bounce or whatever, and I'd go, Cookie, come sort this bloke out. We'd <laughs> Two seconds later, he'd come flushing past my nose and, 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 and knock someone out. But he, he was unbelievable. Shawnee Mack would be a very close second. Though, Is that so. there as well? Yeah. 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 And uh, how this sort of came about, us doing this podcast was I bumped into you outside uh, <laughs> of the stadium uh, the other week at the Melbourne Freo game. Yep. Looked like you were having a good time. How did uh, 
how'd you go with the game? Yeah, I'm always having a good time, mate. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was actually the second game I'd been to in uh, since earlier on in the season, uh, and the other one was a Collingwood game. So yep. I'm going to stop going to games. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. They're not playing well when you roll it up. No, absolutely. And um, I'd just come off a week in Vegas too, so I was... Uh, On the back end I was of, a bit dusty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, you, were, you were pretty sure to tell me that uh, you had your life member uh, membership seat up there and that there was a name on it and that's yeah. yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, I, and you were asking me before, like, um, do I still support the club and that sort yeah. of thing? I bleed purple, mate. Yeah, love it. I love me the too. club. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm invested, heavily invested, and I love um, going to the games. I don't get to as many as I would like to, just because I've got commitments on the weekend now. But yeah, I, I yeah, I, I bleed the love purple. It. Yeah, it's absolutely. good. That's yeah. good. That's what we like to hear. And you had like such a uh, iconic career for yeah. uh, you know a few different reasons, <laughs> but you were. The best tagger in AFL history. I don't think that's like, I don't think that's, you know, overplaying it either, saying that. Uh, how would you describe your own career? Yeah, it's funny because I, I definitely went through stages. Um, mate, I got delisted after my first two years. Yeah. So obviously it wasn't a, a smooth path. Um, I, I, mate, I'm a footy nuffy too. I said that to you before yeah. as well. I love footy. The fact that I got to play at the at the top level, and I actually, me and my dad would talk about this the other day, and I, I actually played on twenty nine different Brownlow medals. Like that's out that's of control. Amazing. Yeah, I'm a shit kicker, and I got to play <laughs> on like all these superstars, and I got to play obviously because you play for a long time. Yeah, I got to play through a few different generations, so I got to play on like. Michael Voss, Nathan Buckley, James Hurd, yes. these guys. And then you go on to the next ones. And it was, um, you know, Chris Judd, Gary Ablett, all of these guys. And then it was the the next generation, like the Dusty Marns and all of these. So yes. I got to play across like three or four generations. And mate, I'd pinch myself every week and then I was even out there. So you're sitting um, back now and you're thinking, uh, gee, that was pretty cool. Like, mate, you know, fucking awesome. Yeah, like, that's cool. How good. Oh, even good. now I sit down, I watch Friday Night Footy and, you know, the whole country's watching and you sit there and you go, like I did that, yeah, and I wasn't bad at it either. Yeah, like, yeah. I have to pinch myself, and um, mate, I just I, I think of myself as lucky. I was um, I was a really hard worker. I didn't have a lot of talent, but I was I was a hard worker, and that's what got me the games that I got. Um, and I loved my time at Freo so much. Um, and we we did become a really good side. And mm. that, that, that was... Um, well, there were some really successful years there. Um, absolutely. You know, 2012, 2013, 14. They yeah. were really up, up the top end of the ladder the whole time there. Absolutely, mate. And it, it, that's what you play for. And all of a sudden, every week is a big game. Yes. And that's what you play for. And it was, it was just such an exciting time. And everyone talks about that little period that... It was so exciting, man. That was like, like for, for me, being yeah. a supporter, that was, in terms of my age and everything, like yeah. that was the peak <laughs> supporter, like nostalgia yeah. Fremantle for me. Uh, yeah. And, oh, man, there were some good games there. Yeah. Oh, mate, there were some unbelievable games. And we had, um, I genuinely believe this, on paper we weren't actually that good of a side. If mm. you line us up next to that Hawthorne side that we had to play in the grand final, they, they're probably a 10-goal better side. Yeah. But we, we could have won that game and we we pushed them. But we had just such an unbelievable method. Uh, and the way that Ross coached us, and um, that, like I'm probably jumping ahead a bit here, but I Ross is an unbelievable coach. Yeah. And people are talking about, you know, is he the best coach out of the game at the moment and these sorts of things. I think he's the best coach in the game at the moment. He was He's unbelievable. And I, I think we weren't 
actually that good of a side, but the way that he coached us and the way that um, he prepared us, we we become got the most out of all that, all, all the players Absolutely. that were on that side. And um, leading up to this, I was, I went down the full YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> I messaged you this as well, yeah. and man, yeah. oh my god, your highlights! <laughs> uh, uh, do you sit there and watch the highlights, mate? You have to at some point, sure. Every night, yeah. no, <laughs> no, but um, there's. It's funny because when my highlights do come up on a, on occasion, I yeah. very rarely have the ball, which mm. is <laughs> there's not a lot of people that could probably say that. Just a pest. It's just yeah. a pest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I, um, it's funny because people always say to me, you know, they 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 meet me, and I like to think I'm a better bloke than I am on the footy field. Oh, you're a great fella. We bumped into each other a few times, yeah. and like you know, I said, "Can I do the pod?" You're like, "Yeah, no worries." And I'm in your in your place, and so yeah. you're a very welcoming and nice person. Yeah, except. When you cross the white line, the the white line. And I always say to people, I say, um, if you could be a bit of, a, bit of an asshole for two hours every Saturday and you get to play 15 years of AFL, would you do it? And I've never heard anyone say no yet. That is a really good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, I, mate, I, knew, I knew I wasn't as talented as other guys. I knew I didn't have, you know, the, the pace and, you know, I couldn't kick six goals every week, but... I knew I could be I could be a pest on the weekend, <laughs> and if that was my seat on the bus, mate, I, I would have done way worse. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you were drafted in two thousand two, and you just mentioned it before that you actually got delisted, and then yeah. back on the rookie list for free. How was that yeah. period, and what did you have to do to sort of get yourself back up for you know yeah. to get back on the list? No, it's a great question. I um, it was a it was a crazy little period for me there. So you get drafted, and you know. You've come through your whole junior career and you're the best player in your team, you're the best player in your league, and all of a sudden you get to an AFL So I'd never actually played senior footy before. Yeah. I'd always played in underage competitions and I come over and all of a sudden I'm playing against men and mate, I'd only go gone through puberty about six months before. Yeah, that. yeah, so yeah, yeah. All of a sudden I've turned up I'm playing on a bloke with a beard this long and <laughs> it took me a while to adjust and yep. The first year, I couldn't even crack a game in the senior waffle team, which was Subiaco at the mm. time. They were strong, but I couldn't get a game and that was really difficult. Um, the next year I played, um, obviously, in the senior uh, waffle team with Subi, and we actually won a flag. Um, I played a re- I had a really good year that year. I kicked like 30, 40, 50 goals. I, I kicked a lot of goals, yep. but playing as a forward, and I got drafted as a midfielder. All I wanted to do was play midfield. But Freo, with about four or five rounds to go, said, we're going to delist you. And, mate, your world comes crashing oh, down. I can say, imagine. Oh, yeah, man. so... All I've ever wanted to do is play footy, and all of a sudden I'm like, Jesus, I haven't even played a senior game, so there's no other clubs out there looking for yeah. for, for me. And um, I actually... And uh, I guess at that point as well, there wasn't like the, the um, I guess, pathways to get back into oh, teams like there is now. Absolutely not. And um, So you get your one shot and then you're exactly. done. Exactly. Yeah. And, mate, it was scary. I mean, and as a midfielder, if you're not cracking it straight away, mate, they draft four new midfielders every year. Yeah, exactly. So it was... Anyway, so I, um, I actually... Uh, yeah, had organised uh, to go play for Glenelg in the Waffle. Yeah. In the uh, Sandville, sorry. And um, they'd organised a job for me, all these things, and it was fantastic. And then um, I was on my way to the airport in the car and I got a phone call from uh, Phil Smart, who was the recruiter at the time. And he actually said to me, he said, um, Krauser, I'm, I think I'm going to pick you back up in the rookie draft. The club have told me not to. Um, but I still think there's something there. And wow. so I'm going to go against them and pick you back up, but you've got to stay here. And I was like, fuck, Phil, <laughs> I'm on the way to the airport. Which I'm, I'm out of here, um, yeah. And I was, he goes, look, I can't give you any guarantees. And I rang Glenelg and they said, you know, basically we need you over here, otherwise we're going to, we've got to start looking for other people. Mm. 
Anyway, yeah, so I turned the car around, came back, no guarantees. I got picked up with the last pick in the rookie draft. And then... Um, the last pick. The last oh, pick, yeah. A way to just keep you sweating the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. That day was horrible. I remember because oh. I actually went out and trained with the with the Freer boys that morning not knowing whether I was going to get picked up and then come back in and everyone had a smile on their face. But, yeah, got picked back up and then played 12 games in the waffle the year after. And I remember walking in. Uh, we were actually training at East Freo for some reason and... Mm. I walked in and I could feel everybody looking at me and I was like, what's going on here? And I looked up on the board and I was on the half-forward flank and I was like, you fucking kidding Oh, me. my <laughs> gosh, what a turn of events yeah. that is. Yeah, yeah. I basically never went out of the side ever since. Wow, that is yeah. amazing. And then um, obviously your your growth as a player and what you're most known for is your tag and rolls, yeah. obviously. So yeah. when did that kind of yeah. kick start? Who, who was the coach that went... Saw that in you. Was yeah. that Ross? No, it was actually Chris Connolly originally. Yep. Um, so Chris actually said to me, um, I'd, I'd, I had a really good year. And to, um, once I come into the side, I had a pretty good year. I kicked three goals in my first game. And then, I, you know, I was playing sort of as a high half forward and um, little hit spots in the midfield. And in 2006, I actually played in the midfield most of the year and had a really good year. Mm-hmm. And Chris actually said to me at the end of the year, he goes, I look, you, you've had a good year. Um you're probably our third or fourth midfielder at the moment. He goes, but like I said to you before, we draft four midfielders every year. Yes. How long until someone takes your place? Yes. And I said, oh, thanks for that, Chris. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thanks he, for that. Yeah, exactly. But then he said, um, there's a position for you, if you as a tagger, if, and we think you can do it. You've got the height, you've got the tank, um, and it's your seat on the bus every week. And I was like, oh, fucking sign me up. So... I did it. A so it was, of times. it was almost like a, that was like a last little bit for you yeah. as to if you can do this, then you're in. And yeah. you went, all righty, let's go. Absolutely. And people who know me when I was a kid and know me in that little period, probably when they seen my career later on and the way that I played, they probably find it bizarre because I was not like that yes. at all. Yep. Um, so at the start, it was really manufactured the way that I played with that niggle and, you know, like hitting blokes and you know, always getting in fights and that sort of stuff. It was very manufactured. Yes. But I grew to fucking Yeah, love it. man. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I, 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 yeah, I, but I also knew that if I left it down to a talent race, mm. which it becomes, if you walk over the white line and you just sit there side by side, you play a game and get footy against blokes, they're going to beat me every time. So, so you knew that's where the edge was going to come. Yes. Them Bring them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And uh, who was the first job? Who mm. was the first one? So this is a uh, a little lesson for any young footballers out there. Well, if, I've well I've got well my next one yeah. to follow up this, and you can probably tie it okay. in here. I want a tag and lesson. So okay. I want to know. I want to know what you do verbally. Yeah. I want to know what the moves are yeah. physically. I want to know what I'll go. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but this is a young lesson to any footballers. If you don't want to tag, don't do the first one well because then you'll never get out of it. So, <laughs> um, actually, my first ever tagging role was against Nick Stevens. Yep, um, he was playing for Carlton, Carlton at the time. Yeah, yeah. Legend, yep. and he was he was in some red hot form, and I played on him at the MCG, and um, I kicked four goals on him that day. Wow, yeah, not bad. It yeah. was it was a good start, and I uh, kept him to thirteen, and I had a twenty odd, and and then. Mate, you're pigeonholed after yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. That is what you do. But like I said, I, I actually grew to really love it. And it's tough when you're playing in a side who's not contending and you've, you've got to really sacrifice your game for something that's, you know, it's you're basically following someone else around. You're trying to stop them. And it is really team-orientated Absolutely, you know, yeah. thing. But once we started becoming a good side and we're playing off in those big games, mate, I, I just all I wanted to do was for us to win. So, mm. mate, if that was going to help, 
fucking happy days. In a yeah. way, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, what what made you such a good tagger? Was it your no. your tank and your running ability, or just being yeah. an annoying cunt? Or what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a bit of a combination of all three, probably. But yeah, I mean, I was always a great runner. Um, I, was, I come from an athletics background, and well, my brothers ran, you know, ran third in the world juniors before. Like he he's an unbelievable runner, and. I was not as good as him, but uh, I could. I was a good athlete. Um, so running was always a good part of my game. And because I'm six three as a midfielder, uh, very Massive, rarely yeah. I'd play on guys that were shorter than me. And so I had an advantage there. And every week I'd sort of do a little, you know, what advantages have I got over this guy? What's he got over me? And every week it'd be, you know, I'm taller, I'm stronger, I can run as good as him. So as long as you've got those advantages. Um, but... The one, the biggest advantage I had, especially in those years that you spoke about, is we were the, we were, as I said, a great team. Mm. And any time anyone would get away from me, someone else would fucking pick them up. Yes. And like it'd be ten dollars Mazungo chasing a hundred meters on my guy, like it was me, Matt DeBoer going to him, like Stephen Hill who probably getting tagged himself and he'd chase a guy from one end of the ground to the other and that is so demoralising as a, the guy getting tagged yep. he'd finally get away from me and then another Next bloke would, yeah exactly <laughs> and they would chase him so mate as good as it was and as much as like people always say you could take or whatever the fact that I was playing in a great team that's that what great it, teams yeah. do yeah, yeah definitely yeah. picks up the slack if anything ever um, you know is a, is, is a little bit loose yeah, yeah. right uh, well uh, we're going to go into a little uh, taggers class in oh, just a second okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I want to do now is uh, I want to get a tagging lesson right I yeah. want to know the tips I want to know the tricks I want to know what to how I heard you were one of the best yeah. trash talkers ever as well so what what, what do you do what well, were you saying no that's good well anyone who knows me knows I don't shut up talking's not my problem it's yeah. shutting up the problem so i would talk the entire game and um about what uh, yeah exactly about everything um and it would be different for different guys i one thing i did learn at the start when i first started like i said it was really manufactured like my aggression and all of that because i'm not like that normally and it was really manufactured and i so i used to just go out and just try and bash blokes and i yeah and they're always usually littler than me so it's 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 an easy easy fight (laughs) yeah a big big old boy but um then i remember one day we played uh hawthorne down in tassie and um you know it's a long old day playing hawthorne down in tassie and they they used to always beat us down there but i played on luke hodge and i walked out of him and i did the same thing i did everyone i hit him in the chest and he turned around and punched me in the sternum as hard as he could. And I, I, I felt like my sternum cracked. And I was just like... And he he grew a leg from it. And then, like, he was he was so angry. Like, he kept playing. He, he I could just tell straight away he just... He'd, he'd, you know, grown a leg and he was going harder than he would have gone. And oh. so the next time I played Hodgie, I walked out and shook his hand. I was like, G'day, Hodgie, how you going, brother? And I was like, oh, how's your week been? And I talked to him. And he talked to me for the entire game. Mate, at the end of the game, he had like 13 or 14 touches. And I was like, I got him. Fuck, I've, I've got him. I've got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I realised it's like a horses for courses. Um, yes. There's some guys that didn't handle it. I'd go out and I'd start talking. I'd always, um, this is going deep into the tag. Yeah, go, go. But yes, I used to always try and find something out about them that they wouldn't a think personal that I thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some research. Um, like, so I, I won't mention names, but I'd find out, um, <laughs> you know, like they were the guy was a bit tight. So I'd say, oh, I heard you, you haven't been buying drinks for your teammates and stuff oh. like that. And then all of a sudden they're thinking, who said that? You know, it's, just, it's in their head. And I would never go personal, but I'd always... Um, just a little bit of something. Exactly. Yeah, 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 and they'd yeah, be, yeah. how does he fucking know that? 
<laughs> so I'd always try and find something out. And um, uh, there was other guys like um, I remember I played on um, Nathan Jones one day, and it, he, like in Nathan's uh, defence, he was when he was playing for Melbourne. He yes, was, he was their best midfielder at the time, and he was. Um, but I remember walking out to him, and I was like. No, I'm taller than you. I'm stronger than you. I'm faster than you. How the fuck are you going to get a kick today? And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and, I was like, <laughs> and then we had a, yeah, and then, I don't know. I'll just always try and get in their head in yes. some way. And, and obviously, like yeah. you said, it was different depending on the person. Exactly. So it would just be on, and I guess that's just experience of playing against them. Absolutely. Or, yeah, 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 absolutely. And mo- most of the guys, like every year, you're lining up on the same guy and, Ross would always come in, especially if it was under Ross. He'd tell me on the Tuesday who I was playing on, so I started doing my research then. And, um, but, it, I mean, in those last years, I could pen who he was going to put me on. Yep. And as soon as the game finished, I'd be thinking, oh, I've got Boke next week or I've got, yep. you know, Martin next week. And I, I just knew who it was going to be. But um, I felt like in, like, when things were going really well and I was, I was you know, I was keeping guys to small touches, there'd be games when... We'd be playing uh, like a Richmond, and you know I could go to the Lydio, I could go to Cochin, I could go to Martin, I could go to any yes. of them. I'd be walking out, and I'd see them all looking at me like, "Which, way which is one's he going to?" <laughs> and you'd walk out to, I'd walk out to the Lydio, and he'd just drop his head. Yeah. It's going to be a tough day, and I was like, "I've got you." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. um, it was a big mental game for me because, like I said before, mate, if we're just relying on talent, they're going to beat me every time. It was always a mental game. Um, but that's why everyone always says, oh, you're always smiling and laughing and joking. And the, the, obviously the opposition crowd didn't like that. But it's because I was having a fucking good time. Good time. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm playing AFL footy. Like, how good is this? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I, 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 mate, I absolutely loved it. Um, that said, it's fucking stressful. Oh, Especially would be. doing the role I was doing. I, we, we, we'd play the Gold Coast when they were no good and we'd, be, we'd win by 150 points. But... I could have played on fucking Gary Ablett. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was stressful, but I loved it, mate. I wouldn't change it. Yeah, love it. And uh, you just mentioned it before. You're um, one of your coaches, Ross Lyon. Yeah. What was your relationship like with Ross? Yeah. Very good, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough of Ross. And I get my back up a bit when people um, people say, you know, he hasn't won a premiership or whatever. And I genuinely believe he took sides that were good sides but not like great sides to grand finals and yep. should have won them. I don't think that St Kilda side on paper matches up anywhere near that no. long side that they should have beaten. Yeah. Um but they should have won. Mm. And then that even that Collingwood side it, he, I mean they should have won the game and then he's taken them to the prefaces and then obviously us compared to that Hawthorne team I don't think we're even in the same conversation on mm. paper but we could have won that game. So yeah. I love Ross. He changed the way I think about footy. He changed the way I think about life, to be honest. And, um, like, mate, if he asked me to stand in front of a bus now, I'd do it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, I love Ross. And the fact he's done the AFL system at the moment, I think, is wrong. Um, I hope Just a waste of talent, yeah, really, isn't it? Yeah, I hope it's his decision. Because, if, if mate, if you're a North Melbourne, if you're a... You know, who knows what's going to happen with um, Ken Hinckley and Port Adelaide... It take the chance of Ross because I'm telling you right now it will change your football. Yeah, yep, yep. And um, have you got any real classic Ross stories? You have to have some. <laughs> I had Brandon Matera on here and yeah. he had some rippers. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few. Um, Ross would always, um, obviously, because I was tagging predominantly under Ross and every now and then he uh, could let me off the chain and I could go and have a game. But it was a one game here or there. 
But um, he would always, uh, every time I was playing on someone, if they had more than five touches in a quarter, and it wouldn't matter if it was at the end of the quarter and it was Chris fucking Judd, <laughs> I'd get the message every single time, are you chasing kicks? <laughs> like, obviously, I'm off him because he's trying to win it. So, uh, but there was that. But um, I, I think Ross has told this story. But um, And Ross actually told the story. I heard this uh, on um, the Saturday Rub, that show that they do. But yep. he actually told the story that it was at the Gold Coast. But I'm almost certain it was down in Tassie. Once again, we are playing Hawthorne and... Playing Hawthorne down in Tassie, it just wasn't fun for a us. A bad so we, day, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've ever beaten them down there. And um, it, we come in at half time, and I thought I was going okay, but we, we were getting smacked. And um, I remember at the time, Pav, Pav was our best player for a decade. He used to put the club on his back and just run with it, and no one would ever say anything to Pav. And it yeah. was only Ross's third or fourth game as coach. Mm. And he, um, he ended up... Uh, he was going around the room and sort of having a gulp, blokes. And I, I used to sit right next to Pab in the same meeting. So he got around and he was talking to some guy. Well, I thought it was a guy behind us. And he's like, <laughs> and have a look at you. He's like, you don't have a fucking blade of grass on you. He's like, you look pristine, pristine. And I'm like, who is he talking about? And then I realised he was talking to Pab and everyone in the room was just like, the fuck? You can't, like, take, nobody, yeah, you can't take shots like at Pav. Yeah. Yeah, like nobody, <laughs> nobody has a go at Pav. But it was the best thing that Ross ever did because we realised that um, like no one's safe. Like you, you either conform and you like get into what we do. But the thing that Ross didn't know <laughs> is that Pav had actually come in at half time and had a shower. <laughs> <laughs> so he looks pristine, but it was because he just got he's just coming out of the shower. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that yeah. is a good one. That yeah. is very good. Uh, and uh, I've heard a story. Uh, you might have to elaborate on it about around about two thousand five, two thousand six, something yeah. like that. And you were doing a um, uh, like an exhibition yeah. game. Can you tell me, uh, you yeah. know, a little bit more about that ex- exhibition game and maybe what I'm yeah. alluding to here? Well, yeah. So this is. I think it's one of the better untold stories because um, back in the the day, they used to play that exhibition game every year at the end of the season yes. in London. It always used to get televised. Um, you know, it was AFL sanctioned. There was AFL officials there. This year, they decided they were going to play the game, but they weren't going to televise it at night, which I thought was a mistake straight away. <laughs> we're going to play a derby in London yeah, with no yeah, one yeah. there. Like, um, So we turned up there and uh, the o- we played the Oval, which is one of those iconic, Cricket yep. grounds, which is um, yeah, it's an amazing place, and it's pretty cool to play a game of footy there. It was fucking yeah. awesome, mate. Like, uh, uh, yeah, as a sport fan, I walked in, and I was just like, "How good is this?" Um, but they, uh, the, the stadium only fitted about fifteen thousand people, so they actually bought in like extra seats and everything. So it was about twenty five thousand there, and it was crazy. And we, the game started, and we're just like, "How good is this?" And but we weren't taking it seriously, mate. Like, it's supposed of to be this stuff around game in London. We had beer in the drink bottles, like, you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. And, like, it was just supposed to be a bit of a It was a, a bit joke. of fun. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, halfway through the second quarter, Paul Hazeby actually kicked me the ball, and probably because he was drunk. He missed me <laughs> by about 15 metres. And so I was running back with the flight, um, and the ball just missed the end of my fingers. And um, one of their young players was running the other way. The Eagles' young players was running the other way. And I ran straight through him like as clean as I've ever hit anyone. And I, I, I never really did that because usually I was on my opponent. Yeah, of so, course. But I, I hit him. It was like hitting a bit of cray paper. Oh, and I've seen his eyes roll on the, right the back spot. of his head. Yeah. Oh. And he hit the ground. And then um, uh, one of their other young players ran past and I grabbed, um, got his fingers in my jumper and I, I slung tackled him. His head hit the ground. 
just had a rampage. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, but I, it was like two football acts. Like it wasn't like a, I was belting blokes. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And then I remember looking up the field because you can be as tough as you want on an AFL field. No one's going to hit you. No, no. But, mate, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no one watching. <laughs> no so TV cameras. I, look, I looked up the ground and there's just the whole field was just running towards me. And I was like, fuck, here we go. And it was on, mate. And I remember at one point, I was on the ground with um one of their one of their players, and I remember looking up. There was not one bloke on their feet, <laughs> except Stephen Dodd and Chad Fletcher were going toe to toe, like throwing punches at each other. And I was like, "Wow, this is intense!" And anyway, we finally broke it all oh up. Oh my and god! It took about ages to break it up, and the crowd's going nuts. Like, yeah, they like, love it. Yeah, <laughs> this is these crazy Australians. Exactly. Yeah. And um, anyway, I'll get up. I've got scratches all over. Blood eye, blood nose, and I was just like, this is insane. And I started walking back, and uh, one of their young players, I think his name was Ash Thornton, maybe, or uh, and something like that. He didn't play yeah. any games, but he ran past and he, he gave me a clip. And so I grabbed his jumper, and I thought I was just giving him a little jumper punch, but his jumper was ripped down to about there. So oh. by the time I got out here, I've, oh, I've given him one, and he's gone down as well. And then it was on again. <laughs> so anyway, John Warsfold wasn't coaching, but uh, he let one of his assistants coach. But yeah. he's stormed out of their coach's box down to where, where our coach's box was and kicked the door in. Oh and God. Chris Connolly and Mark Harvey and that are sitting What are you there doing and, in here? Yeah, and he's like, get f- get fucking Crowley off the field like this is bullshit. It's supposed to be an exhibition game. And they basically told him to fuck off. Yeah. So uh, Daniel Chick wasn't even playing in the game. And John Walsfold uh, went down, spoke to Chicky, and he was like, I want you to go out there and I want you to get Crowley, right? <laughs> but Chicky hadn't even been watching the game. So, He's like, what for? Yeah, what exactly. <laughs> so Chicky runs out to me and he goes, Crowley, I, I, I didn't see what happened. He goes, like, but John wants me to get here. I was like, yeah, all right, let's go. So, <laughs> me and him just fought the entire game. Anyway, it ended up being this crazy game. Like uh, Jeff Farm ended up kick, kicking the winning goal. He like jumped into the crowd and started clapping himself at the end. Like, and then we went back into the change rooms. Like we'd won the fucking grand final. Like, <laughs> because it was such an intense game. And like we're all sitting there drinking Fosters. The only time you ever drink Fosters in yeah, London. Yeah, yeah. We're drinking Fosters and we're drinking. Anyway, after the game, we were going to an aftermatch function with them, which once oh again is not a good idea. <laughs> Anyway, when I walked out of the change rooms, because I was one of the last onto the bus, I started walking out into the car park and Andrew Embley and basically the leadership group of West Coast were waiting for me in the car park. Oh, my God. With bats. Just no, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, no, I was only 21 at the time. And I was like, well, I'm not going to back down. So I was like, put my bag down. And I started walking towards them and I was like, what the f-? Anyway, Andy Grover comes flying out, grabs me by the back of his shirt, and he's, he almost throws me on the bus, he's a big man. Mm. And he's like, he's only a kid, you want to fuck with anyone, <laughs> fuck with me? And they were like, no, fuck Oh, me. not Groves, not you, Groves. <laughs> like, Embers trying to follow me onto the bus. Oh, my yeah, so, God. No, it was just the most insane game. And we ended up going to the aftermatch function, and we stood on one side of the room, they stood on the other. and Just tension. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So much tension, and... John Warsfold just stared at me the entire time and I didn't give a fuck about any of the players, but he scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Anyway, he didn't talk to me for a decade. So I'd go to functions and and John had just blanked me. Yeah, John, how you going? And he just blanked me. I was like, fuck, that's brutal. That (laughs) is, that is rough. When all that stuff happened at Essendon, I get this phone call and you know when... um, Was he the coach at Essendon? Yeah. Oh my God, what a turn of events. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But you know when someone's messaged you already but you haven't picked the phone call up but they've said who it was. Yes. So it says, maybe John Warsfold. And I was like, maybe John Warsfold. I was like, hello? And he's like, 
It didn't even say hi. He's like, do we need to get London out of the way? <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Fucking hell, John! That was ten years ago, mate. You got to let that go. Oh my go. god! <laughs> that, he doesn't forget that. That yeah. is all time. That story. story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in 2012, uh, you won the best and fairest. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, that you reckon that was your best year of footy? Or no, I don't. Is that a surprise? Yeah. yeah. Well, mate, absolute fucking shock. Yeah. Um, I remember the night of the best and fairest. I went to um, Byron Shammer's house, and he goes, "Oh, I reckon you're a chance for top five tonight." And I was like, "No, I don't think so." Yeah. So I didn't even think I was going to finish top five. Yeah. I remember um, uh, my parents were actually overseas at the time, and uh, I remember halfway through the count, my mum called me, and she's like, "Oh yeah, so how you going?" And I said, "Oh, I'm in about sixth. I was like, "Yeah, I'm 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 happy with that." And she's like, "Yeah, cool." And then uh, they they do the votes in chunks. Yep, and. Uh, so I think I was in third or fourth going into the last chunk they were going to do. And I knew I had a good last little bit. But, um, yeah, I didn't even really think anything of it. And Luke McFarlane was actually a fair way in front. Yep. Anyway, and then the votes come up just before the final series. And I was in second. <laughs> and I was a couple of votes behind uh, Woosh, uh, Luke McFarlane. And we were a fair way in front of everyone else. And Luke, You're thinking, was, G- but Luke, was, Luke was injured for the finals. So everybody in the room looked at me and I was like, You're joking. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I was blind drunk. No, like <laughs> proper drunk. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> everybody knows me is not shocked. But I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. So we just started ordering waters and I'm just like, sculling water. And um, and then I, was, I, I knew I'd had a good final series. So, and we were a fair way in front of everyone else. So I knew I was going to win. And I didn't have anything prepared or anything. And... Mate, it's um like I said to you before, mate. I I I'm, I was a battler, and yeah. but to win a best and fairest, it was um yeah, it was it was it was fucking awesome. That is, it awesome. was awesome, and it, yeah, it did mean a lot. Um, it, it means your name's up on that board forever. That's the other absolutely. thing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And mate, I think I was pre- I was lucky. Um, and I was playing under a coach and a regime who who um respected and valued role players and I played a role well I, I'm I'm under no illusions I was not the best player for that year but I did do my role really well and I was really happy with that um but yeah it was it was crazy and then I remember so mum and dad were on the plane flying home so they I couldn't get hold of them yeah and then when they landed in Singapore I rang them up and I was she's like mum was like how'd you go and I said yeah I did pretty good um <laughs> I was like, I fucking won. She's like, <laughs> she's no, like, you didn't. no, but she's like, bullshit. And then like, they they did not believe me for about fifteen minutes, and I was like, yeah, oh I won. my god, that's amazing. And, um, yeah, no, it was a great night. Um, I just, yeah, I still remember to this day, and it was just how much fun I had. Yeah. Um, and I remember at the time, me and my missus, we had like everyone back at our apartment, and we were just yeah, like yeah. partying for like two days. I and love I, it. yeah, and I remember I did a interview with Bally on the Monday. It was his first show uh, when he was on 6PR yes. when he's doing the interview by himself and I remember I got off the phone and my missus was like who are you on the phone to and I was like I was on the radio and she was like oh, oh my <laughs> you haven't slept for about three days and I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I would have been incoherent but yeah that's so good I never heard anything and then that, uh, your, uh, the, the year sort of 2008 2014 your real sort of peak years there yeah. that you were going you yeah. had everyone talking about you hey on yeah. every like you know again if you go back on yeah. you look at all the YouTube stuff it was 360 they're talking about every show yeah. they're talking about Ryan Crowley yeah. and everybody thought you are such a pest, but it yeah. was such a wow. He is good at that. So, <laughs> yeah. how, did, how did that feel? Was there like when when yeah. you're having all that attention? You know, yeah. No, it was, like I said, and I've continued to say through this. It was it was bizarre to me because I was like, I was just 
trying to do my role and do the thing for the team. But um, like if you know if another team got a run on or whatever, I'd I'd try and do something to break that momentum. And um, I think footy's like it's really nice now. It's like yes. a really nice game, and everyone's shaking hand before the game and talking, mate. I fuck them. Like oh, I'm like no, I'm like <laughs> mate. This is sheep stations. I don't want it to be like that. Yep. I will. Mate, we'll, I'll fire you on the field and we'll, like, as far as we need to go. But I'll shake your hand after the game. But during the game, it's it's not supposed to be fun. You're on. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not supposed to be fun. So, but I know a lot of people don't think like that. And um, when I, and when you're playing on the guy in the opposition, who every kid in the stand has got his number on their back, they all love him. That's why people don't like you. Yes. And I, I get that. Because it used to bother me at the start, like, when I first started doing it and I'd go somewhere and I'd get I'd start getting booed when I touched the ball and I was like, Fucking what's that about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember speaking to the sports psych at Freo and she was like, um, does the booze are the booze as loud when you're not playing well? And I was like, No. <laughs> and she's like, Well fucking enjoy it. So that's why I just started enjoying it. I'd smile when it happened and yep. that infuriate the more and yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That became part of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I remember we went down to Geelong one time and um, I actually played in that game when Dean Solomon um, cleaned oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Pretty heavy. Well, yeah. That was a heavy one. <laughs> but I actually got reported the same game for striking Ablett, so I had to go to the tribunal. Anyway, so the next time we went to Geelong, it, it was it was on. And, it, um, it, like, it, you know, I, I went to the chemist that morning um, and I was, uh, um, uh, I just wanted a pack of chewies, but I was in the chemist. And this little, I felt someone kick me. Anyway, I turned around. There's this little old lady who looks like Betty White. And she's oh like, God. you're a fucking grub. And I was like, I'm not kicking people in a chemist, though, am I, lady? And she, she started laughing. We had a chat. We ended up, um, funnily enough, ended up like becoming good friends with her. Like, I still text her now. Though. She's a lovely hilarious. lady. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just become sort of public enemy number one. Me and Ballas. Like, Ballas was the oh, other yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we, were, we were easily unlikable, I think, because of us two. But... Um, and we were a defensive team too. Like yes. we're a very defensive team. Um, but I felt like uh, the things that me and Bellas did sort of helped um, distract people, and so everyone else could get along with what they were doing. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then I guess the three iconic battles that I want to yeah. know about. I want to know Gary Ablett. Let's go, Gary yep. Ablett first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it, as he I just said didn't before, like you. Like, no, he, he, was on the, he was on the tweet on the TV going, yeah. oh, Crowley <laughs> shouldn't be bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, he <laughs> fucking hated like... me, to be honest. And we, um, oh, yeah. I, I think the reason why Gary hated me was because Gary's this like proper superstar. He's in the conversation with one of the best players ever. And I'm this shit kicker over in the West. <laughs> and people, the biggest story is me and him. So yes. he's like, why the fuck are you talking about this idiot? Yes, yes. When I'm Gary Ablett. So I, I get that. But um, I played on him so often that by the end of it, we almost did full circle. We yes. almost become mates. Good and mates, yeah. We yeah. hug it after games. And, oh, yeah, what are you doing after the game? And that sort of thing. But Gary was the best that I ever played on. Just because the first time I played on him, it was the most harrowing experience of my life. And I... And the last time I played him was probably the second most harrowing experience of my life. He was good for that long, and it's like a 10, 12-year period. He was unbelievable. He was he's just so stressful. He's so strong, um, really fast. He's good on the yap, too. Is he? Yeah. yeah, yeah what would he say? Yeah. Has he got some good ones from Gaz? Well, I remember the first, so the first... I'll go back to the first time I played on him, and um, I, I, I had a good game. I kept him... He was averaging like 30-something, and I kept him to 13 for the game. And I remember... Halfway through the last quarter, I said to him, I was like, 
no fucking Brownlow votes today, Gary. I was like, that's all you care about. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, look, he goes, I'll end up having 10 in the last quarter. I'll end up with 20 and two. And they'll say you played well because I'm Gary Ablett. And I was like, that's a fucking... <laughs> You're right. I was like, You're, You're right. right. I, will yeah. say that. I was like, yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, he was good on the yap. And, um, but he was one of those other guys that I went the other way with, a bit like we talked about yes. with Hodgie. So I started, you know, just talking to him about, you know, guys, how are you enjoying the Gold Coast and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yes, and, being friendly. And yeah, he'd yeah. look at me well, like, what's happening what's here? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and, and obviously after the... The Judd game when I played on Judd and Gary tweeted about it. I tweeted back to him. No, I tweeted after the game. I said, um, "Oh no, no, sorry. It was it was a game in the Gold Coast. Yeah, and I just played on him. It was a, it was a real brutal game. And I actually, um, you know, Twitter suggests you follow someone. Yes, yes, yes. So they suggested I follow Gary Ablett, and I was like. I All probably right. had enough for one day Twitter and I screenshot it. <laughs> and he wrote back and we kept going back and forth to each other. Oh my and God. I think that was probably the turning point. We um we, we ended up going full circle and he's I've spoken to him since and yeah, he's he yeah, great. Good value humorous yeah. and obviously yeah. respected that you guys yeah. were that good on each other. So mm. no, that's so that's an awesome battle. The yeah. second one is Boomer Harvey. Boomer. Tell yeah. me that one. <laughs> so that was just that was yeah. just from from memory. Yeah. You just went straight I was at that yeah. game, went straight out, yeah. just into it. Yeah, we we're into <laughs> it. Before well, the bounce. Going. I think oh, it just shows like the respect though that we had for Boomer as a player that he was he, he was really fucking forty at the time. Yeah. And we were still tagging him. Uh, and I, he must have known I was coming to him. I walked out. He grabbed me in the headlock, dragged me on the ground, and then it was on. <laughs> so, there, and, so there wasn't much lead up. To there was no that. lead up. And I'd played on him the year before, and I'd, I'd done pretty well on him. So he, he obviously thought, yeah, they're going to come at me. He knew I was coming to him, and he went into it. That game, we we bashed the shit out of each other. Yeah. Like we, we we made it really difficult for each other. And like obviously, we were a good side. So. We got on top, and when you're on top, it's easier to be, you know, Dominant. to be top. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and we beat him, and um, mate, they, you know, he ripped my jumper in half, man. He stood on my feet, punched me in the nuts, like <laughs> everything, which I've got no problem with. I'll do the same. You were doing, you. You were yeah, doing yeah, yeah. the same back, yeah. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. But then um, he kept uh, he kept diving for free kicks, and I, which uh, is funny because he whacked me in that game, and I dived and got a free kick. But yeah. he kept diving for. For free kicks, and I said to him, I was like, mate, stop diving your dog, stop diving your dog. And then after the game, he said to me, he goes, um, if you know, if you want to know what a dog is, you'll find out on Monday. And I was like, just shake my hand, dickhead. Like, yeah, the game's yeah. over. And anyway, on Monday, I got a call from uh, Chris Bond, who was the footy manager, and he said, uh, Craig, you got to come in here. I've got to have a chat to you. And I was like, all right, sweet. Come in, and he goes, which wasn't unusual for me on a Monday. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, you've been sighted. And I was like, oh, fuck, what? what like, what for this time? And he said, ah, uh, for pinching. And I was like, for pinching? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can't be serious. He's like, yeah, no, you've been cited. They said, he goes, they're going to give you a $1,500 fine. Just take the fine and we'll move on. I was like, no fucking way. I'm yeah. taking that fine. I said, we're going to fight it. So we went to the tribunal and, um, mate, the cameras followed us around the whole game because of the start yes, of the game. Yes, of course. Yeah, yes. They had all the bits. Exactly. Yeah. But there was no vision, not one bit of vision of me pinching him. And he said, I pinched him 300 times. Uh, all right, if I'm this is the first time I've ever said this publicly. <laughs> oh, good, good. I pinched him once, yeah, but it was after he hit me in the nuts. So I grabbed him and I, I, I sort of squeezed him here, yeah. But that was it. And so that's a fair trade, like you know, that's he's a very fair <laughs> trade. Anything, he's got he off got the better, he got the better deal. I know which one I'd rather. <laughs> um, and he didn't have a lot to grab, to be honest. He ripped, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I. 
Um, anyway, I uh, yeah, I was ropeable, and then the tribunal happened, and um, when all the I don't know if you've ever seen the tribunal. It's, yeah. mate, it's like going to court. Court, yeah. And he's sitting there and it's pretty intense. But the media was sitting behind us. And when it all happened, the media actually turned to me and were like, mate, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, I'm obviously going to get off. And then they come out and they uh, they said, on the balance of probability, <laughs> we think you've done it. And I'm like, what the fuck is that mean? I'm like... Well, so I'm a bad bloke, so I must have done yeah. it. Yeah, oh, my uh, God. Anyway, that is so, um, um, funnily enough, like, um, Brent's, he, I think he wrote about it in his book. He said he regretted what had happened. And um, I was doing a radio show a few years ago, and I get this call from a guy, Brad from Mandra, right? Brad from Mandra calls in. He's like, oh, so what, what do you think about Brent Harvey? And luckily <laughs> I played the straight bat. Because yeah. afterwards they're like, uh, this is actually Brent from Melbourne. And I was oh, like, was him no, on the call. you're joking. <laughs> oh, my God. They yeah, stitched yeah. that up. That yeah, is old time. Yeah, that yeah. is very so, good. So, no, I actually get along with him really well. That's good. Yeah, that's right. good. Uh, and uh, third one was Steve J. Yes. Yeah, tell me the uh, infamous wouldn't shake your hand at the end. All you wanted yeah. was a handshake and he wouldn't give you it. So, I, I had a really good record with Stevie J, even though he is a star, mate. Like, uh, I, as much as I pretend I hate him or whatever, he was as scary a play to play on as anything because he could do he could turn anything yep. into spectacular something spectacular yeah, yeah yeah and um everyone just assumed in that final I was going to go to him everyone assumed but Ross um Ross was a bit weird like that like he would always put me on the guy that kicked the ball inside 50 the most not not so much the most dominant player it was a guy who he thought was the most damaging cuz they got it inside 50 mm-hmm. so Matty Stokes was the, the that player over the, the month before so when I went to Matty Stokes, everyone was I – I think everyone was probably a bit shocked that I didn't go to Stevie J. Now, in hindsight, I should have gone to Stevie J because he kicked two and had like 15 or 16 in the first quarter. And I remember at quarter time, Ross – I could see Ross walking over to me and he, I could see him walking over and I said, you don't even need to say anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I went over to him and I, I did a really good job for the rest of the game. I think he only ended up with uh, 19 or something after – yeah. So – after the game, I went over and I went to shake his hand and um, I said, um, good luck, mate. I might see you later in the year. And he goes, he grabbed me by the throat and he goes, he goes, fuck you, I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> so I've gone back at him. But everyone always only thinks that because I'm me, yeah. <laughs> that it was me that instigated. I did not instigate at all. I tried to shake his hand. And he um he hit me and I said oh fuck you mate you're fat and you and you get, and your your year's done mate I'll see you next year <laughs> so but something that people don't know is um that year so at the end of the season um uh, Foxtel were going to broadcast this ad yeah and uh, the ad was uh, AFL um it was uh, are you missing it so are they and yes. they showed all these AFL players and me and Stevie J filmed this ad. And the ad was um, Stevie J was like walking around his house and he's like kicking, you know, he's kicking his socks through the door and he's got his Geelong robe on, he's yeah. humming the song. And then he hears this like scuffling behind him and he turns around, there's nothing there. And then he goes into his bathroom and he's like brushing <laughs> his teeth and he, he spits in the thing. And when he looks up, I'll stand behind him. <laughs> and then he jumps around and I'm not there. And they go, Oh, you're missing the footy, so are they? Anyway. Did that air that ad? No, because oh. obviously I had some issues after that. Yes, so we right. Have, yeah, right. We oh, what an ad that would have been. But oh. every time he jumped around, he would hit me deliberately. <laughs> anyway, so he did it once and I was like, yeah, I'll let that go. He did it twice and then I leaned in and I was like, 
If you fucking do that again, mate, I'm gonna knock you out. <laughs> all, the, uh, all the like staff started laughing, but then realised we were serious. And next time he jumped around, he like half got me, and I was like, I was this close, to the slight <laughs> Don't do it, yeah. not on Fox, on not on Fox. Yeah, exactly. go. But no one ever seen the ad, obviously, because of oh, what, what an ad that would have been! Yeah, I want exactly. to see it now. It must be in some archive somewhere. <laughs> oh, that is old time. It was uh, the 2013 Grand Final? What was that experience like for you? And getting so close, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, mate, I mean, you play footy your whole life and you dream of being in that game. Um, it honestly felt like I blinked and it was over. Mm. And that's probably the hardest part about it. And I think that's why people say you've got to lose one to win one because it, it, the first one you're in, it's just all just a, just a blaze, mate. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I was, I'd played nearly 200 games. And, I, and even for me, I was like, I, I remember just, I felt like I woke up and it was three-quarter time and I was like, fuck. Whereas I imagine you were 17, 18. Like, yeah. It must be this crazy thing. But the grand final parade, like the whole prelude to the game, it was just so crazy. And I've, I, I, I've, I grew up in Melbourne. I've got all my friends in Melbourne. And they said they've never seen another team take over a town like Frio did. It was going off, wasn't it? It yeah. was popping, man. Yeah. It was out of control. And I remember just uh, in the grand final parade, just looking out and thinking, oh, it's going to be all these Hawthorne people. It's just this sea of purple. Um, I mean, me and Hayden Ballantyne had extra security around our cars. <laughs> but we didn't You're fucking joking. need it, mate. It was all for everyone. It, it was out of control. Um, yeah, so it was a great day. The best day of my footy career and the worst at the same time. Yep. Like, I, mate, I still have fucking nightmares about it. I, I know I'm never going to be back there. That's the hardest part. Of course. And I just, yeah, you, you wait so long for something and then it's just, knowing you're never going to be back there fucking hurts. And the part that hurts the most is we didn't play our best footy. We 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 were still within a couple of goals, but we played we, – yeah, we just played horrible. And that's a credit to Hawthorne. They kept the ball um, uh, into, into in a kicking game where we couldn't apply that pressure like we applied mm. to all those other teams. And it was a smart game plan, obviously – um, it, uh, constructed by a, a, a Hall of Fame coach, but um, you got to have the players to do it too, and they they're, they're a great side. And you look at that side on paper, fuck me, it's it's stacked. it's as good as yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely stacked. And we did such a good job, but um, I would have loved to be back there. Everyone talks about that grand final though, and yeah, that was your chance. I genuinely believe our best team on paper that I've ever played in was the 06 team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some uh, unluck there too, I believe. Like, we were in such good form and uh, we went to Adelaide to play Adelaide and Adelaide yep. and it was the windiest game in history. Mm-hmm. And so it just didn't suit our game style. So we would have come back here to play. So we played Melbourne and then we would have played the winner of... Uh, sorry, the yeah, the winner of uh, West Coast and Sydney at home... Mm-hmm. So if West Coast won, they lost by a point to Sydney. We would play West Coast at home, wow. and I've, I, huge. Oh, I, we beat them twice, and that, that was year. the year after your uh, two thousand. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we beat them. We beat them twice that year, and I genuinely believe we had that measure. And I've spoken to like a few guys that I'm mates with now, like Embers and that sort of thing. And he was like, "Yeah, we would have been in trouble if you guys had played us, but um, it didn't pan out." And then we had to play Sydney and Sydney in a prelim and. It was very tough. But if we're playing our prelim at home, all of a sudden we're in a grand final. 
played on neutral territory, I think we would have been a chance. Yeah, wicked. And uh, I completely forgot about this. After that, in 2013, 2014, got a ban for a year. Yeah. Oh, I've completely God, uh. forgot. What was what was that uh, like yeah. for you? Yeah, look, obviously, so 2014 was um, – we had an okay year. Um, we dropped off a little bit. Um, a few reasons for that, but, yeah, dropped off a little bit. And with about five games to go, we played a game over in, uh, in Alice Springs. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, usually straight after the game, we would always jump straight on the plane and come home, even if it was a night game. We'd come straight home. But there was no flights out of Alice Springs at night. So no. we actually stayed the night in Alice Springs and flew back the next day. And I'd been having back issues for the last couple of years. Like I had something ridiculous, like 12 epidurals over the last couple of years just to get yeah, through the crazy. game. And, yeah. yeah, so I was in a lot of pain. And I was on a pretty stringent uh, painkiller re- regime. Obviously... Um, given to me by the club doctor. But then, uh, yeah, so I flew back the next morning and I could hardly move. Um, anyway, we ended up going out to a friend's house. Um, they offered me some painkillers while I was there. I didn't even think anything of it. No, I was just no, like, mate, I'm no, taking... I'm, my back hurts. I yeah. Need it. Yeah, yeah. And I, mate, and I'm on strong painkillers, like strong opioids. I, I, yeah, what could possibly be more than that? So I took them. Anyway, I didn't even think anything of it. And then the next week I got tested after we played GWS. And, well, I wasn't worried or anything. I just no. took the test. And, anyway, a couple of weeks later I was I was getting these calls from this, like, private number and no, no one answers fucking private no, numbers. No, 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 no. I kept letting it go through the keeper. And then all of a sudden I got a phone call from Chris Bond, the footy manager, and that's never a good call. No, <laughs> so I picked it up and he said, mate, you better answer that call. And, um, yeah, there was still a metabolite in my system on game day that wasn't allowed to be on there. Right. And, um, yeah, I ended up getting suspended for a whole season. Oh, so yeah. unlucky. And it's like, and it's not yeah. even – it was just like, like you said, yeah. it was just like an error yeah. of just, you know, not intentional at all. No. It was just sort of how it panned I, out. And I, then yeah. I imagine that you would have been super, like, oh. flat after that. What was that period like for you? Yeah, it was the hardest period of my life, oh, to be honest. I can imagine. You know, you, you, and like I said, I, I'm not, I'm no superstar. I was never I'm never even a good player. But I, I was like, you know, I worked hard and I was, like, clinging on to this AFL career. And all of a sudden, it, you're like, fuck, it is, it's done. And it, it, the all likelihood I'm going to get two years. By the end of that, I would have been 33, 34. That, so that's it. So, yeah, it was it was the hardest period of my life, mate. And um, I I went through some really dark times, to be honest. Mm. Um, club were great. Um, got me some help. Um, and then once I got through that, and um, I could actually – I knew we were going to be a good side in 2015. I knew we were going to be a good side. And I could actually come back in to the – prelim final if they made the prelim final so I was like fuck this I'm gonna make sure I'll give myself every opportunity I mean the chance of me playing are a million to one but I'm gonna give myself every opportunity and I uh I made a hide because I couldn't train at the club I wasn't allowed to go down there so I hired my own um, fitness coach. He went around all oh, the time. Hey, but yeah. Yeah. I would have been right there with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my own running coach, I was like, I was living in an altitude tent. I was like, uh, I was doing, doing everything, everything I possibly could. And fitness was always, always my go anyway. And I, mate, I trained my fucking cunt out. Like, I, yeah. I worked as hard as I could. I was, mate, I, I think when I turned back up to the club, they were like, look, yeah, we would slip service. Yeah, come down and train, but you're no chance. But when I turned up and I was had my GPS on the train, and I was running rings around everyone. I was going really good, and um, then Ross started warming to the idea that I was going to play. Um, and I remember on the Tuesday, he actually said to me, "Yeah, look, it's looking like 
maybe you'll play. And I was just like, fuck, oh, mate, I'm ready. Let's fucking do it. I said, and I, I, I don't play the same role as everyone else. I, I don't need to run around. I don't need that touch. I, I can stop. Exactly. Like, and yep. it was Sam Mitchell who I'd played on the grand final. I had a good record on him. Anyway, but then on the Thursday, I remember getting called into the office and um, Ross sort of said to me, he goes, mate, um, we're going to go with the same team that's got us here, um, which I totally respected. And I just said to him, I just said, mate, I totally respect that. I just want to give myself every opportunity, but I'll be ready next week if there's an injury or a suspension. So, yeah, you guys go out and fucking win. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, Sam Mitchell had 43 in the <sighs> next game. And they really fucking used yeah. Crowley. Oh, God damn it. Oh, no, no. So, oh, yeah, God look, I, 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 mate, I, if someone said to me, you have a you guy have a year out and then can come back in and play a game, and I would have said, no fucking way. Mm. But I know in myself it was the fittest I've ever been yep. and by some margin yep. and fitness was my go. So, yep. yeah, I know I could have played it on. I know I could have played on him. Um, look, how if that would have changed anything, I don't know. But it, well, I would have Just one of those ones that you just go, what if? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then from that, uh, you, you weren't offered a contract for Frio yeah. the next year, yeah. which I remember as a supporter, that was an yeah. outrage. That was yeah. that did not get uh, yeah. that did not go down well yeah. amongst the uh, supporters. Yeah. But then you got sort of this uh, lifeline from yeah. Essendon when they had their yeah. uh, whole drug saga yeah. and they needed the top-up players. What was that? Did you Were you excited for that or was it yeah. kind of like a – Unfinished yep. business stuff. What did that? What was that period like? Yeah, well, you know? people always ask me now. Um, are you like you're happily retired? Like, do you miss it? I don't miss it because I know I can't do it anymore. Like, my back's gone, and um, yeah, I'm not. You know, even the thought of going out and training as hard as I used to, like weighing my food and doing all that shit. Fuck that. Yeah, but, <laughs> so I'm done, mate. But so I'm happy now. But. I wasn't happy at that point because yes. I, I felt like I had more left. And like you said, you'd done all that work leading up to that point. Absolutely. Like and I'm there. in the peak of my ever, yes. my fitness. So I was like, I, I'm not ready to finish. So I wanted to keep going. And I had a few clubs inquire at the end of that year. And um, we got a little bit along the road with a couple of them, but it didn't get over the line. So I remember going home that night and saying to my missus, I was like, fuck, that's it. Like, yeah, you think about something from the time you're a little kid until the time you're 34, and then th- th- that's it. And she goes, look, why don't you, you'll just have a good year this year and come back. I was like, babe, I'm 34, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes, you never know, you never know. I'm like, it's done. Yeah. 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 And I went for a run that day, and then all the stuff happened at Essendon. And I come home, and she's like, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, you're right. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then obviously John called me and I was like, yeah, let, fucking let's do it, mate. And yeah. I was on the first plane over to Melbourne. Um, I loved my time at Essendon. The only problem I had with it and the only regrets and um, the things that I was, I was in the best shape of my life. And when we were playing the preseason games, I was like, I was slaying them like, Mate, I, usually I'd be running around chasing someone and not mm. having, but he let me off the leash and I, mate, I was having, you know, big possessions. I was like really enjoying my time there, um, but then I got injured in the last preseason game. I yep. tore like a little split in my hammy tendon, and mate, I can't lose a yard of speed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the exactly, slowest yeah. man in Australia. So after I lost that, I just couldn't get it back all year. But I did have one of my f- most the best moments in football was. Um, coming back to Perth to play against Freo yep. in that last game. 
Um, I tore my hammy again. I was, that was my next one on <laughs> yeah, the list. Fantastic, was, uh, yeah, fantastic, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I, I was actually, at that game. I remember that, yeah. man. I remember literally getting goosebumps yeah. when, like, because it was just such a, you know, like you yeah. said, you didn't get the send off. You didn't get a send off. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you, you bleed the purple, and everybody else knew you bleed the purple, and then, you know, yeah. fittingly, that was, you know, that yeah. was where it finished up, you know? Well, I felt like I had, I had a great relationship with the fans because everybody else hated me. Yes. But they loved me, yeah. and, um, I'm getting a little bit emotional, but um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it, honestly, it was um, just one of those moments and I, I was walking off and looking up at the crowd and everyone was standing up and um, Sonny Walters actually ran off the ground and come over and gave me a hug. Yeah, and, uh, yeah like I said, man, I just, I, I love the footy club. I, I fucking love it. Like, nobody wants them to win a flag on me. I just want success for this club. And for that to be my last moment in AFL... But, I mean, fuck. I, I actually couldn't could not yeah. script that yeah. any more poetically yeah. than that, eh? I yeah. remember I, like, I, um, well, I spent a lot of my life being pretty stoic and never, ever getting emotional. But I remember walking off that ground and I was like, I was welling up. Um, I knew my parents were in the crowd too and uh, just for them to see that. Yeah, it was it was a great moment for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wicked. And uh, what are you up to now, post-footy? What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, well, a bit of this. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, yeah, I'm working for a company. Um, so we do um, like corporate travel management for companies. So great. For companies do spend hundreds of thousands up to millions and millions on their travel program. So in WA, it's all mining, basically. All the FIFO stuff. All the FIFO stuff, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll just try and win new business. So, business development, which is a good role for me. Nice, excellent. As I said, I don't shut up. Yeah, yeah. you're in there telling (laughs) the stories. I've been loving it. And uh, and I heard that you won, you know, the uh, the, the, the best, what was your your official award uh, (laughs) name? He showed me the vision before we were on here. He said, look at this. Look at that. I've just come back from Las Vegas. just in here. No, no. So I I won won the Global Sales Award for the company. So yeah, which is pretty cool. So That is sick. Yeah, so no Aussies ever won it before. And uh, the description I got for it was it was like, the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, wish. But yeah, no, it was a, yeah, it was a great night, and um, yeah, they flew us to Vegas for it. So wicked. Um, yeah, I'm still recovering from Vegas. I but, can yeah, imagine. No, yeah, yeah. Fun and well. uh, are you playing any footy anymore? Because you were down. Because I actually yeah. played one game for Snesser as well. Bullshit. Yeah, one yeah, game right. in the Colts, and yeah. then I then I uh, had a shoulder reconstruction, oh, okay. and I didn't get to fucking play. But uh, you were down Snesser, yeah. I see this year. Yeah, so a couple of my good mates, um, Rafa Gunn and. Um, and Mark Lepico. So Mark's the uh, the coach and yep. Raf is the president. And um, they've been trying to get me down to Snez, uh, St. Norbert's since, yep. I, since I finished playing. And um, I kept putting off, kept putting off. And then they were just... Mate, they were camping out at my door in the end, and so I went down there and played a played a season. Uh, unfortunately, I got injured in the finals, um, so that sort of curtailed that. And I was going to go back down this year, but I just couldn't get the body right again. Yep. Um, they've got Chris Baston and Sharad Wellingham playing down there yep. now, so did a bit of training with Sharad actually yeah. at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good. He's fella. a great fella. Yeah, yeah. We we we're the same manager when we we're playing, so yeah, yeah. He's he's a great fella. Um, yeah, but mate, I love footy and I'd love to keep playing, but mate, there's a there's a finish line on everything. 
and my body is set. He's, he's cooked over. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's cooked it. Yeah, and I'm, uh, even though I was very professional, I was playing, I'm the complete opposite now. Yeah, so yeah, 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 the, yeah. The combination of those two means, yeah, it's game over. Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, mate, thank you very much for all those stories. They were <laughs> exceptional. And like <laughs> I said, all the Frio nostalgia for me, that was just all flushing back. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. And, yeah, no, good fun. luck. And hopefully get the back-to-back uh, salesman manager, <laughs> uh, you know, of the year. How good. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jay. I appreciate it, man. That was awesome. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.